0: Good morning. I'm Steve Coleman, a member of the teaching team here at New Hope Chapel. I want to wish each of you a happy Thanksgiving on this Sunday before the holiday. Well, I hope you got a chance to catch that fantastic series on loneliness by Joanne Hagemeyer and Bill Smith over the last three Sundays. It's a series worth watching if you missed it. Well, dedicating a time for Thanksgiving has a long history in our country. About 150 years ago, Abraham Lincoln created a milestone in that history by establishing the fourth Thursday of November as the single day for a national recognition of the custom. Part of what makes it important is that Lincoln made this move at a time of incredible national and personal stress. In 1864, he was finishing his fourth year in his term as president. I'm going to ask you to imagine what he faced during that time. You know, the unthinkable was happening. The Union was splitting apart. When he came into office, South Carolina had already seceded from the Union, beginning a conflict that would last the entire four years of his term. He had to raise troops sufficient to put down the rebellion. That's about 1.8 million soldiers. It was pretty unpopular at the time uh, among a lot of the Union and around 10, it represented around 10% of the population. You know, the war ended up claiming 360,000 lives of Union soldiers. In terms of percentage of the population, it would be equivalent to us losing about 7 million soldiers in a war. He had a lot of incompetent generals who could train armies but not use them in actual fighting. Congress, which despite being dominated by members of his party, insisted on second-guessing many of his and his general's decisions. You know, the noted New York politician, Chansey Depew said no president ever had a cabinet of which the members were so independent, had so large individual followings, and were so inharmonious. So he struggled with his cabinet. He confronted a bleak political future in the spring and summer of 1864. After union victories at Gettysburg, the war had returned to a grueling and grisly slugfest with high death tolls and no real end in sight. Personally, he suffered from bouts of clinical depression throughout his presidency. Earlier, he told a law partner, I am now the most miserable man living. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I awfully forebode I shall not. You know, there were no medications back then to address the chemical imbalances of the brain. He contracted smallpox in 1863 during a smallpox outbreak, and epidemic in 1863 and 64 in Washington, D.C. His wife had devastating medical health problems. It was looking like he would lose his reelection bid in the coming weeks to the popular general, George McClellan, who Lincoln thought would be disastrous for the union. You know, in the middle of all of this, he thought it important to hold a national day of thanksgiving, The proclamation reads, in part, the year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Needful diversions of wealth and strength to national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The ax has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste of war, and the country is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increases in freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper, that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and one voice, by the whole American people. You know, in the middle of this tragedy surrounding him, Abraham Lincoln saw a need for thanksgiving to God. What he did by calling for a giving of thanks is not only consistent with the Bible, he was following a command. Yet it seems so counterintuitive to focus on thankfulness when everything around appears to be falling apart. We might feel we are surrounded by problems like Lincoln was. While dealing with a pandemic flu, it can be hard to focus on thanks. With renewed prohibitions on social gatherings, concerns about infection, and the need for quarantine and isolation, it is no wonder we can struggle with feelings of loneliness, depression, despair, anxiety, even hopelessness. My question is, why? Why does the Bible insist that this particular activity is something we must do? Well, let's begin with prayer, and then we'll look into the Bible. Our Father, we thank you for the chance to connect together virtually this morning, and we're grateful so much for your word and how it explains to us who you are and helps us understand you. We ask for that this morning, that your Holy Spirit would show us through your word something more about you that we can learn and understand. In your name, amen. We're going to look at a number of scriptures this morning. We're going to begin with 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 17 and 18. 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. As we investigate the idea of thanks, or thanksgiving, we're going to break it into three parts. First, the command. Give thanks. Just the straight imperative. Secondly, the modifier. In this verse, it says, in everything, give thanks. And then third, the reason. Verse says, for this is the will of God for you. Is God really saying, because I said so? Uh, We'll look at that too. But first of all, let's take a look at the command. Because God commanded it, we can understand that there's an expectation God has that we will do it. We're urged to do it. Looking at the Psalms in Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Then it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. That's giving thanks in everything. And then in, finally in Colossians, Paul says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And he says, uh, being rooted in and built up in him, and established in your faith. And he says, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. We're called to be thankful people. Whatever else you want to say about giving thanks, gratitude is part of our Christian DNA. Our character should be one of thankfulness. We're to be characterized by thanksgiving. In fact, the Bible goes so far as to say it's wicked not to thank god let's look at romans 1. paul is writing and he begins in verse 18 the wrath of god is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness he goes on to talk about everything uh, can be known about god through his creation Uh, his eternal power, his divine nature, it's all clearly seen and being understood from that creation. And then he says, So that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. They acted as though God didn't exist and that somehow what they had and whatever they would need they were going to be able to supply themselves. They deceived themselves and turned their back on the truth. They turned from God. You know, every good thing we have is from God. All of it provided by his mercy to us. Thanks is the natural response to an appreciated gift. But the command to give thanks doesn't stop there. The command is modified, and that modifier makes a difference. Don't misread it. It reads, in everything give thanks, not for everything give thanks. God's not expecting us to be happy about the tragedies of life. We aren't supposed to slap a smile on our face when we feel sad, or to be thankful when our house burns down, or when we are sick. We're not grateful for our illnesses. God's not asking us to be thankful that the house burned down. That would be giving thanks for everything. He said give thanks in everything, and there's a big difference. To put it another way, when things go wrong, give thanks. Not for the thing that went wrong, but in the middle of the thing that's going wrong, find a reason to give thanks to God. There's no more poetic example of this than what Habakkuk writes at the end of his book. If you want to look it up, you'll find the book of Habakkuk, five books before Matthew. So start at Matthew count back five books Habakkuk 3:17. even if the fig tree does not blossom and there's no fruit on the vines if the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no fruit even if the flocks disappear from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls yet I will triumph in the Lord I will rejoice in the God of my salvation the Lord God is my strength He has made my feet like deer's feet, and he has me walk on my high places. Do you get a sense of that? He is not operating out of his feelings in what he says. He's making a statement of will. He will triumph in the Lord. He will rejoice. It's a decision on his part. He found a reason to give thanks to God. You know, to read the poem, it was the worst year. Of his life he rejoiced in God not because of his problems but while he was in his problems his rejoicing was not because his circumstances were going to change because there was no promise that the problems were going to turn out right next year he was thankful to God and exalted in him even though I cannot praise God for my circumstances I can praise God that he is with me in my circumstances Even though I cannot praise him for my situation, I will praise him that I'm not in this situation by myself. I'm going to thank him that even when he doesn't fix the storm I'm in, I'm going to see him fix me in the middle of that storm. Even when my circumstances threaten to overwhelm me, I'm going to thank him in those circumstances because I know he will give me deer's feet so I can keep on going when I'm too tired to run anymore. You know, if anyone had the worst year of his life, Job did. He found his life collapsing all around him. At one point, his wife asked, Are you still hanging on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job said, You speak like a foolish woman. And then he asked a really interesting question. Shall we accept good from God and not accept adversity? God gives good things and he blesses us. And that's okay. It's okay to enjoy those things. But is our relationship with God measured by only getting the things we like? We all certainly understand the human concept that sometimes the good things we want in our lives require things that we may not like in the short term. They require effort or work, making difficult choices, or being uncomfortable or in pain. Few people really like to go to the doctor's office, But the pain of a shot can ward off a serious disease. Painful surgery is sometimes necessary to save a life. Even you school-age children in our audience know that some of the decisions your parents make that you're not happy with end up making making you a better, healthier, and happier person in the long run. With God, we have the promise that He has our good in mind. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, Uh, Verse 11, he writes, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Well, we've looked at the command and the modification, that is, the context for the command. In everything, give thanks. There's one final perspective, the reason or the purpose for the command. For this is the will of God for you. Why does God want us to do this? Is he saying, just because I want it that way, or because I said so? Well, let's look a little deeper. I think there's something we can understand from this. If giving thanks is the will of God for us, then it stands to reason that being thankful and grateful must put us in the center of his will. One way we can understand how thankfulness and everything and God's will connect is in Paul's proclamation in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 in verse 20 beginning in verse 28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters And these whom he predestined he also called And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Our biggest challenge to thankfulness are the difficulties, crises, and tragedies of life. This text says that these very things God will use in making something good in our lives to conform us into Christ's likeness. God is always working, and he is working on us. Our lives may be collapsing around us, everything may be in ruins, but this, that is the time that God does his best work. As long as we're looking to him, thanking him, realizing our dependence on him, he will accomplish amazing things in our lives. He will push our spiritual roots deeper and cause us to be built up in him. Our thankfulness puts us in a position where God can accomplish his wills in our lives most easily. That's the connection. So in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. As we think of our verse this morning, the command to give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus Let's remember that it's an expectation God has for us, that he wants us to give thanks in everything, not for everything, and that uh, by being thankful, it puts us in God's will in a way that makes it the easiest for him to work with a free hand in our lives. Well, let's think past the pandemic and the problems associated with that as we move into the Thanksgiving holiday this year, and let's thank God that he's with us in these times of stress. So my recommendation is, this Thanksgiving, spend a little time thinking about what you're grateful to God for, and then thank him for those things. Well, let's pray. We thank you for your constant presence. In you, we are never alone, and we are always loved. We Thank you so much for that. Amen.